Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 102 of How I Built It. On today's episode, I talked to Liam Martin, the founder of an app called Time Doctor. And I tried Time Doctor out in preparation for this episode. And I've got to say, it's really great if you are trying to manage the time and reporting for big teams. And so Liam will talk all about how he built this, how he was uh, fulfilling a need that he saw in the market and how he grew Time Doctor to be what it is today. The growth stuff is especially interesting to me uh, and and the information that he provides about things like remote teams. I know we're, a bunch of us are working on remote teams now. And so it's just a really great all around episode. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And uh, we will get to that in a minute. But first, I do want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. And you'll hear all about Pantheon later in the episode. And I want to tell you about a few courses that I've been working on over the past year. It's it's all coming to a head. Uh, WordPress 5.0 is either, as you listen to this, coming out or is already out. And there are big changes in WordPress 5.0, specifically around the editor. And if you are interested in getting educated about those changes, right? Maybe you've heard of Gutenberg, uh, and that is the new type of editor that is in WordPress 5.0. I've got four offerings for you if you are interested in learning about Gutenberg. So if you go to creatorcourses.com slash Gutenberg, you will see those offerings. There's a user course if you are a content editor curious about how the new editor works. There is a course for freelancers where if you are working with clients, you will not only learn how the new editor works, but also how to navigate those waters with your client. And it has workbooks and email scripts and checklists and things like that. And there's a theming course as well. So if you are a theme developer and you need to prepare your theme for Gutenberg and WordPress 5.0, there is a course that'll help you out. Finally, the fourth offering is licensing. So if you work at an agency or if you manage a ton of clients and you want to get them trained quickly, if you work at an organization where everybody uses WordPress and you want to get them trained quickly, you can license the introduction to WordPress 5.0 and Gutenberg course. Uh, There is a flat fee. You can host the videos on your own website. They'll automatically get updated. It's a lifetime Uh, a single lifetime price. So you can check that out. Once again, that link is creatorcourses.com slash Gutenberg. So that's it for the housekeeping stuff. So why don't we get on with the show? Liam, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you, Joe? I am fantastic. The weather's finally getting nice here on the East Coast. uh, And I love being outside. So uh, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and we're going to be talking about um, uh, Time Doctor, which looks very cool. Uh, I know a lot of my uh, listeners are developers or business owners, and they're very interested in keeping things, um, you know, making sure that they're spending their time wisely. It looks like your, mm-hmm. your product does that. But why don't you tell us a, a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Liam. I live in Canada, and uh, I travel three to four months out of the year. And we have uh, two companies. We actually have 
Time Doctor and Staff.com. Um, both of them, in essence, do the same thing, but one's for enterprise and one's for SMBs. And what basically the software does is it measures the efficiency of remote teams. So we have employees in 28 different countries in our company, and I'm currently tracking a task of podcast with Joe, and uh, I'm measuring exactly how long that particular task is taking, and then I can compare that to the other 200 podcasts that I've done and figure out how efficiently I'm completing that task, like how much time I'm spending on Skype, on Gmail, um, and then comparing that to other podcasts that I'm doing. So it really is focusing you on becoming more efficient. Uh, Most other tools on the market, they just measure how long you've worked. And we think that that's kind of stupid. We tell you what you did uh, while you were working. That's, I mean, that's great. And and one of the things about time, I'm so bad at time tracking because I, um, you know, there are some things that I haven't built properly into my workflow. Um, You know, uh, sometimes I'll just move from task to task and I'll forget to do something and hit the right button or whatever. So um, that's, that's very cool. Uh, So um, how did you come up with the idea for Time Doctor? Um, I'm especially interested in this because uh, you know, tracking remote teams is becoming more and more important as as more and more companies are going remote. Um, and it seems like it could be difficult. The last time I was on a on a remote team, uh, we were we had to be kind of sticklers to make sure people were putting their time in, especially because a lot of our time was billable to the client. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, so the the way that we kind of came up with the idea was I was running an online tutoring company at the time. And one of the big problems inside of the business was I would bill the student for 10 hours and then the student would come to me saying, I didn't work with my tutor for 10 hours. I worked with them for five. And I'd have to go to the tutor and say, hey, did you work with Jimmy for 10 hours? And the tutor would say, of course I did. Uh, and so I'd end up having to refund the student for five hours and pay the tutor for the full 10 hours and that was destroying the business. Sure. So I was speaking at this conference in Austin, Texas called South by Southwest, which if anyone has heard of it before, it's basically like spring break for nerds. <laughs> it is, uh, it's super fun. Um, lots of different technology companies that show up in Austin and eat barbecue and, and talk about technology. And I met uh, my now co-founder, Rob, and he was running a remote team as well. And he said, you know, I'm starting this little alpha product, which can measure very precisely exactly what's going on with your remote workers. And more specifically, the breakdown of where they're spending their time. So I could then go to that student and say, hey, Jimmy, actually, he did work with you for 10 hours. He worked with you for 10 hours, seven minutes and 32 seconds. Mm -hmm. And here's everything that he did to very, very clearly you know, make sure that that's locked in. And so that was, that was kind of a a huge aha for me. And I thought to myself, man, this is gonna, like, this will blow up my tutoring company if I had this product, but it hadn't been built yet, really. So uh, I joined up with Rob, made my focus on that, sold off uh, the other business. And six years later, we're here. (laughs) Wow, that's, that's incredible. So I mean, it sounds like uh, with a lot of good businesses, there was the need, there was the timing, and then there was the uh, universe bringing you and Rob together uh, to to do For this. Sure. Um, yeah, I personally believe that if you can't, if your product isn't scratching your own itch, you're at a real serious disadvantage. 
Um, you can build a product that you don't necessarily use. Like I had a, a, I was talking to somebody last week who I've been mentoring and they are doing, um, they are building software for salons Mm -hmm. to be able to schedule when someone gets their haircut. And I said, well, have you ever been a hairdresser? No. Have you ever run a hair salon? No. Okay. Well then you're at a real disadvantage because you're not living and breathing that every single day. And you've got to really like, you can do it, but I would suggest you don't focus on something that is really important to you because you got to put in five to 10 years of your life before you really start to get traction. There are some, there are the slacks of the world that just explode, but fundamentally you're putting in five to 10 years of your life into this. You better be pretty passionate about it because it's going to suck around year one, two, three. And if you're really bad, four, five, and six uh, of the, of the product. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? Having having that passion is important. You know, I just I recently read a quote from Walt Disney that was uh, uh, it was something to the effect of, uh, "We don't make cartoons to make money; um, we make money to make more cartoons." Uh, and and I really like that. You know, if if you're in it just for the money, then you're you're either like some savant that's just very good at that stuff, uh, or you're you're not going to make it. You're not going to survive. And I mean, aside from that. Um, you know, I have a software engineering background and we always talk about bringing domain knowledge to the project that you're developing, knowing how the pro like knowing how the business runs is important because like you said, you know, if you've never run a salon before, how do you know what people who run a salon need? So uh, I love that about absolutely scratching your own itch. Uh, it's very apparent. I'm a, I'm an online teacher and it's very clear that the people who developed the online software that we use at the college are not teachers because everything mm-hmm. is very difficult to use. But um, mm-hmm. that's, so that's very cool. So um, as you were working with Rob to develop out uh, Time Doctor and, and come up with more features, um, did you do any research? Because I mean, time tracking apps are a dime a dozen, right? They're like the ones that if people want to build an iOS app, that's one of the first ones that they can build because it's you know, sure. relatively simple. But you've got some heavy duty features here. Yeah, so we really kind of focused on the one core feature, which was website and application tracking, which at that point, we were the first company that ever did that in the space. And we realized that that was a major differentiator. So I I generally feel you need to be exponentially better or exponentially cheaper than your competitors. So if you want to enter a market, you should do one of two things. You should either be 10 times cheaper or 10 times better. If you can't do either of those things, don't enter the market. You could, and maybe you're going to be a number two or a number three or a number five in the market. And there's probably a lot of money there if it's a multi-billion dollar market, but fundamentally you're not going to be number one because there's no huge strategic advantage. So for us, we saw, we put all our chips down on that metric saying, well, People don't just want to track time. They want to see what websites and applications and mouse movements and keyboard movements are associated with that activity so that you can build deeper data analysis and really kind of figure out what people are doing, not just how long they're working, but what they're doing and how efficiently they're working. Mm -hmm. And that paid off for us. Um, And I would say anyone else entering the market really kind of focus on that. And that was, by the way, that was not easy. Uh, That cost millions of dollars to develop just the beta, uh, to be able to get that up and running. And it's, um, 
you know, the, the first one through the door is always 10 times more expensive than the second or third or fourth person through the door. Uh, the innovators are always the one that end up paying more to be able to push that. But you also get six to 12 to 18 months of free, open, clear market where you're like, shit, you're the only thing that's doing this. And everyone else is, you know, not doing that particular feature. And that's a game changer for me. Wow. That, yeah, that's, I mean, that's incredible. And, you know, so you mentioned, you know, either blow the doors off the features or be a lot cheaper. Uh, I'm looking at your pricing page and you're not, I mean, you're not obnoxiously expensive either, you know, $9.99 for, per user per month. That's reasonable enough for me to say, hey, if this thing could show me that I can save some, like even one hour per month, that's well, you know, that's like my hour, my hourly rate in a year. So, um, it's a, it's an absolutely justifiable cost for, for a tool that not enough people use, I think. So we had a client just recently that had 22,000 employees and their analysis came back saying, hey, we increased um, phone call efficiently, efficient, efficiency because they're a call center by 6%. So our software increased the amount of phone calls they were making by 6%, which was their core metric. And I said, how much money does that work out for you? He's like, oh, it's like $22 million. I was like, cool, I'll take half of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, well, forget man. My, forget the cost of the software. I'll just take the $10 million. <laughs> so like, that's the other part too, is just create value and document that value. If you can quantify value for people, then it's easy because you're just like, hey, I increased your dials by 6%. Do you not want to increase your dials by 6%? Because if not, I'll go. But if you do, then let's do a deal. And that's, that's what you got to really get to. Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor, Gutenberg, are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare, including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io slash Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now, back to the show. When you're doing like an e-commerce website, it's easy to, to create value. You say, hey, I'm building you a thing that will maybe make you, I don't know, $2,000 a month. Uh, if you pay me $10,000 for it, it's paid for in five months. Uh, right. So, you know, if, if, you can, if you can relate it somehow to that and say, hey, this is going to save you time and, and, or, or, you know, make you $22 million, um, it's, an, it's an easy sell, uh, which is fantastic. And I mean, for me, it's, if I were to look at the data, I'd probably see a lot of, I do a thing and then I see Facebook. I do a thing and then I see Facebook. Um, and that would absolutely like shame me into being more productive. Uh, just like the Facebook icon just showing up all the time or whatever. So, um, right. so, uh, so we're about halfway through, which is when I like to ask the title question, uh, which is how did you build it? So uh, you, you hooked up with Rob, who said he was working on a prototype. Um, do you, did you do any development or were you driving more of the user requirements sort of thing? No. So, uh, Rob was managing the development side of the business gotcha. and then I was managing the marketing and sales side of the business. So, uh, how we built it, we basically just, I went out into the market. I understood the market quite well. So did my co-founder Rob. We both had remote teams, which as we said before is so critical in trying to figure out 
how to build a product like this. Uh, if you've never built a remote team or been in a remote team, I highly suggest you do not build a product like this because you're not going to succeed. Uh, and so we were able to understand that market. And honestly, the very first part of the business was me calling up all of my friends that were looking for this solution that I'd have, I've had conversations with in the past saying, man, I wish that this solution, I wish this thing did that. Right. And that's kind of the, the core of where, um, where all of our first customers came from. And then it was just going into grinding, right? So it was, the core product was built. Uh, at this point, we had only really had like websites and applications and time and a little task manager. All these other features weren't built, but then it just came into, okay, we're getting traction. Uh, I remember my, our very first month, we did about 6,000 a month which was awesome for us. Like yeah. we were just like, holy crap, people are actually paying us <laughs> for this thing, which was amazing. And then we, uh, we said, okay, we've got something. Now let's just build it out. And it was just blogging. It was paid ads. It was social media. It was all the kind of stuff that people do to be able to get there. Nice. So the first thing that you said, uh, you talked to your friends about things that, that they wanted. Uh, completely rings true to a previous episode in this season with Chris Lemma, where he said, you know, build, don't build the thing that you think people want, build, uh, find out what people want and build that, right? Build to the user's story uh, or to the user's problem. And it sounds like, I mean, first of all, you've, you experienced the problem firsthand, which is kind of what you've been saying this whole time. But uh, it sounds right. like you, you kind of went the same route, right? You were like, hey, what are the pain points and how can I make them better with this project? Yeah. Uh, I also took another little extra step. So if people go down that route and they talk to their friends about a product and say, Hey, I'm thinking about building this product. Do you think that that's a good idea? Your friends will be like, yeah, that's a totally. great idea. You should totally do it. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> so I'll have that conversation and they'll say, this is amazing. Yeah, this is great, man. How much do you think that, I should charge for something like this. Oh, you could charge like $50 a month per user. It's amazing. Okay. How much would you pay? Oh, I, I would totally pay $50 per user per month. Cool. You want to give me that money now and I'll build it. Right. Right. That's where it gets tense because everyone wants to be very supportive of you, but till you like some money, that's when things completely change. And I think that that's really important for people to understand is if people say, yeah, you should totally build it, but yet they're not going to pay you and you've identified that there's a problem, you have a problem. <laughs> they're not telling you the truth. Right, right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it's, it's easy to yes ideas to death, right? Like just, uh, you, do you think this is a good idea? Yeah. I mean, you think it's a good idea. So why, why is it a bad idea? Um, Right. But asking people to put money where their mouth is, is, is totally different. So open up your wallet, yes. open up your wallet. Yes. If you can't open up your wallet, consider that, that they're, they're saying, yeah, it's a great idea, but in reality, it's not good enough for them to buy it. So therefore you should mark that down on your survey as that's a bad, like that's, that person doesn't want that product, or at least the pain isn't deep enough that they're right. willing to pay you now. Right. Absolutely. Um, and going back to timing, it could be that eventually they'll figure it out. But if you don't get enough of those, yeah, I'll give you money right now, then it, it's hard to make a viable product 
And so I want to call back to something that you said earlier, which Absolutely. was, um, you mentioned that you know it took millions to to build. I'm very curious about this. I talk to people mostly in the WordPress space, um, and feel free to answer as much as or a little as you'd like. But did you go for um, uh, any kind of uh, venture capital or angel investments? <clears throat> no, uh, my co-founder and myself had had previous exits before that point. Gotcha. So we did self-fund it. I wouldn't necessarily. It was technically bootstrapped, but I think that it's quite disingenuous to say it was bootstrapped when we had put about half a million dollars into the business gotcha. to get to that beta in which we were generating income. Uh, so we, we basically put in about half a million dollars into the business and then that came back to us. I believe we were, we were break even by the end of that year. Gotcha. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's, so that's super interesting. Um, and I, you know, I do, uh, people hear bootstrap and they assume, you know, sleeping on couches and uh, like eating ramen until <laughs> until you're profitable or whatever. I went but. from uh, I I went from a six figure personal salary to uh, twenty eight thousand dollars a year for, and that was my own money mm-hmm. by the way. Right. Like I I started I didn't pay myself out of the business for two and a half years, so um, I cut myself down to twenty eight thousand a year because I understood that to build this asset I needed to take all of my money and put it into this business and then have what's left over to kind of just deploy into um, the uh, just staying alive for two and a half. And that to me is something that a lot of people are not willing to do. Uh, They've got like golden handcuffs, right? So say, oh man, I'm making 180 as a dev. I don't really want to be paying myself $25,000, you know, a year. Well, then you're not cut out for entrepreneurship. Right. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not gonna. Ha- it's not gonna work out for you. <laughs> right. Like, if you wanted me to go back to 25 right now, and you said, "Hey, you know what? You're going to uh, increase the speed of your. You're going to double the growth rate of your business." Done. Because I know five, ten years later, when we're doing 100 million a year, I can sell that thing for half a billion dollars, and I'm good. Right. Right. It's like. It's discipline. It's all connected to discipline. And yeah, I just, there's a lot of guys that want to do it, but they don't want to leave their $180,000 job, which is super frustrating. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and, uh, I don't, you know, maybe enough people don't care to know about, you know, it's the hockey stick graph for entrepreneurs, right? You're low, low, low for a while. And then eventually you, you, you can rise quickly when the rise happens, but there's going to be a long time where you're kind of, Close, you know, low, low on that graph. So, and everything is like that. Yeah. Uh, I was, I'm right across the street from Shopify's headquarters here in Canada. Nice. And Shopify is 18 years old as a company, right? So, wow. uh, they're an, they're an overnight success, right? In quotes. Uh, and that, that's what Toby, the CEO, always talks about is like, yeah, we were a, we were a total 18 year overnight success. Yeah, abs- I had no idea that Shopify was around for 18 years. Who knew Shopify 10 years ago? Right. Nobody. Nobody knew about it. But they were 8 years old as a company. Man. So, think about that and really kind of everyone goes towards the slacks of the world and and honestly, the slacks of the world are basically just slack. Uh they yeah. like defy, you know, um there's a couple other products in the SaaS space even uh, ClickFunnels, as an example, is doing incredible numbers. 
um, that's in the marketing space, but something like a Slack, it's very unique and it's very rare. And in reality, what's happen- what happens to most businesses is most businesses on average that are very successful grow 40 to 60% year over year if you're in the top 10th percentile of growth above $10 million. I just like telling you the, the hard truth, right? And that's great growth and you should be happy of that. And don't get distracted. Keep going on that, on that trajectory. Even right now, if you're doing $10,000, $20,000 a month <clears throat> in monthly recurring revenue and next year you do $30,000 a month in monthly recurring revenue, you're alive, man. You're, you're able to eat off of that like keep going. Cause that's going to turn into a hundred thousand in a blink of an eye. You just have to sit down and work for 36 months to get it to where it needs to go. Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor Gutenberg are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io slash Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now, back to the show. Early in season one, I talked about the Olympics were happening and we talked about this. uh, You know, we see the gold medalist, Olympian, uh, but we don't see their entire life of working towards becoming that gold medalist, right? Michael, Fe- well, Michael Phelps is maybe a bad example because he just seems like he was built to like swim. Cyborg. Yeah, right. But yeah. Sean White, right? He wasn't just born an Olympic gold medalist. He worked really hard to be an Olympic gold medalist. Um, so, I, you know, I, I see a lot of similarities there, um, which is very cool. So a uh, really great nugget uh, for for people out there. Shopify is... 18 years old. It's a, it's a legal adult here in the United States. Uh, (laughs) And uh, you know, it's got a driver's license. It can fight in a war, you know, yeah. Ready to go. It's a big boy. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So uh, we, we kind of talked about where time doctor has, has been and, and a little bit about the origin story and, and the initial features. What are your plans for the future? For us, it is, um, the major the where we're putting our chips down to be honest with you is artificial intelligence. Mm. Uh, so we can predict right now with about an eighty nine percent accuracy rate whether someone is going to quit their job six months before they do. Wow! Based off of all of our website application, mouse movement, keyboard movement data, because it creates a whole bunch of kind of metadata connected to you, and then our. Uh, our machine learning algorithms can really take that data and tell you, hey, you know what? This person isn't happy with their job and it's because their manager is not very nice Mm -hmm. and you need to replace that manager or you need to move that person. Wow. So that's where really moving and it connects back to the exponentially better or exponentially cheaper. Don't do a me too feature. Even if it fails, don't do the me too features because those won't result in exponential growth. Um, only a new feature that just has not entered the market. That's the only thing that you can do to really 10, 20 X your growth as a business. And so that's where we're putting our resources. Uh, we have the largest second by second work database on planet earth, which is why we can do this. And for us, it's been a, um, a really interesting 
I'm a sociologist by training. Mm -hmm. All of my degrees are in sociology. And I feel like we're doing sociology at a completely different level because I can very quickly analyze a million people's work hours. Wow. And figure out what's going on and why, how does, um, how do people in the U S work in comparison to Canadians and what's the difference between those two groups, that kind of thing. Like we can see that type of data, which is very exciting to me. Wow. That's incredible. And that is, man, I mean, I just think about when I was ready to quit my, not my most recent job, but the job before that, um, my most recent job was very, like I had a kid and I was working like agency life. And I was like, I can't do agency yep. life with a newborn. Um, mm-hmm. But the job before that, it, it was like a six month grind. I was like, I realized one day I was unhappy with my job and my productivity noticeably dropped um, for like kind of the same reasons that you cited. It, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that because I mean, AI is, AI is like the new hotness or whatever. But I mean, there are a lot of very cool applications like this crypto <laughs> crypto was the new hotness a year ago right. uh and then and now it's now it's crashed there's always the new hotness right. but i think um i think that artificial intelligence is something that's here to stay i i honestly believe that it will completely change everything that we do both in our personal and our work lives and people that are not investing heavily in it are going to be left behind. Even if we complete, we, we put all of our, the future of the business and it completely fails and the business fails, what I would have personally learned about it will set me up personally to build the next company yeah. and understand that company and understand that problem perfectly. So for us, um, we're at an interesting crossroads where the cost of AI is going down. Mm-hmm. It's like cutting the cost of building AI this year is going to be 50% cheaper next year. And it's just been going to be a continuous process like that. So that's going to be a huge movement for us moving forward. Um, we're very bullish on artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I should say that, I mean, this is not the, the video for this is not going to be released, but I, I used pretty heavy quote fingers on the new hotness there. 10 years when I was <laughs> 10 years when I was doing my master's thesis, uh, I did a, uh, my master's thesis was essentially predicting traffic patterns uh, with a small subset of data before Google Maps was doing it, right? The first Android phone had just came out right. at the time. Um, so I was using that phone and going on trips and seeing if I could reasonably predict when there would be traffic. Um, and that was like me as a student with a very limited data set, but I was able to do it, you know, for the roads that I knew properly, I was able to do it fairly successfully. So, um, with, with more resources and like you said, the cost of AI going down, um, it's, it's going to be a very interesting few years where we see probably an explosion. So I'm very, very excited to see where all of this goes. Um, so as, as we close out the show, uh, you have already given us a ton, but I do like to ask, do you have any trade secrets for us? Boy, for you guys, I don't know. I have trade secrets that I think I could give away. Um, it, it, but you know what? At the end of the day, just like work, work hard, work hard at whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing today. If you're working on a business, do this. You're either listening to this podcast or you're listening to it on the bus, or you're listening to it at work, just work an extra hour today. Just do that. That's all I ask for. One extra hour of work. 
that will get you farther than any trade secret you could possibly think of. Because if you do that tomorrow and you do the day after that and you do that the day after that, you're going to succeed. Even if you work twice as hard, <laughs> you will never go backwards. You will, the worst you can do is stay in the same position you are right now. Whereas thinking about how to get forward is smart. Working smart is great, but I'm, I work super smart, but I also work really hard and I'm coming for you, man. So do that. Just work harder. That's, that's fantastic for two reasons. It's much better than the advice that you get from the Gary V's of the world, which is, you know, work like 16 hours a day and sleep for like two hours a day. Um, Oh, that's going to kill you. Right. Like, uh, Work one extra hour. That's I'm yeah. I see how it feels. yeah, you could easily do that. And you know what? If you use Time Doctor, you'll probably see that you blow an hour on social media anyway. Uh absolutely. <laughs> so uh Liam, thanks so much for joining me. Uh where can I know that there's a couple of things going on. Where can people find you? You want to try a trial of Time Doctor? You can go to timedoctor.com. Uh it's a free 14-day trial. And, uh, if you really want to find me, then, um, probably to be honest with you, Instagram is a place where I've been spending more and more time. So if you just type in my name and, uh, you'll, you'll find me, um, we'll probably have that in the show notes. I'm very interested. Uh, I'm very interested in that. And then also too, if you really, really, really want to see me, if you're very excited about seeing me, I'm going to be in Bali uh, usually once a year down for our conference called running remote. And if you're serious about building remote teams, uh, basically it is a tree house made out of bamboo that holds about 400 people. Wow. And we have, uh, this year we have Joel from buffer. We have Amir from doist. We have GitHub, we have GitLab, uh, we have Atlassian and they're all coming together because they all run massive remote teams and it's something that I've wanted to put together for the last five years. And now we finally got to do it. And uh, it's, it's really my passion project as well. So if you want to see me in person, you can fly down there and, and we can hang out. You know, if you say, hey, Joe sent me, then uh, we'll definitely have lunch together. Awesome, man. In a tree house in Bali. That sounds fantastic. And uh, you mentioned Amir. Amir was a guest on the show, so I'll be sure to, to link his episode in the show notes. A lot of really good advice there, too, if you want a little preview. So, uh, Liam, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. No worries, Joe. Thanks so much for joining me today. And thank you to Liam for his time and fantastic advice. I think there is a lot for a lot of different people in this episode especially if you're trying to manage remote teams or if you are trying to get a handle on where you spend your time. The question of the week is, how are you tracking your time? Are you using a tool? Are you not tracking your time? Are you eyeballing it? Do you sweat where you spend your time each week? Let me know by emailing joe at howibuilt.it or on Twitter at jcasabona. This episode, once again, was brought to you by Pantheon. I really appreciate them and their support for this entire season. They are helping you prepare for Gutenberg. So if you go to pantheon.io slash Gutenberg, let them know how I built it, sent you. And if you want to prepare for Gutenberg, again, you can go to all of the resources that I have available over at creatorcourses.com 
slash Gutenberg, all the courses, the site licensing and things like that. So that's, that's it for this episode. Uh, if you want to find those resources or any of the show notes that we talked about, you can go to howibuilt.it slash 102. If you liked this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. It helps people discover the show. And I'm very appreciative to those who rate and review the show and for everybody listening. So thanks again so much. I appreciate you. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>